It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The FT. Pension income shrinks again, so what should you do about it? Murdoch drops his sky bid and plans to buy back shares, but would you invest in media right now? And homeowners opt to improve rather than move, but would you splash out on an outdoor swimming pool? All this to come in this week's FT Money Show. I'm Matthew Vincent, so I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with my colleagues from FT Money, Joe Cumbo. Hello. Alice Ross. Hello. And Tanya Poli. Hello. And our special studio guest, Chris Kinder, UK Equities Fund Manager at Threadneedle. Hello. Let's start then with the money news. This week, there was more bad news for people approaching retirement as new data showed a further decline in annuity rates, which determine how much pension income your pension fund can generate. According to provider MGM Advantage, so-called enhanced annuities now pay 3.5% less income than they did in March. Worse still, the gap between annuity rates and inflation has narrowed. According to MGM, the average conventional annuity rate was only one percentage point higher than the retail prices index in June. Back in December 2009, annuities paid 3.9 percentage points more than inflation. Joe, this is becoming a real problem. What's causing it? Well, there's a a number of issues, long-term and short-term, which affect annuity pricing. Um, But since launching the annuity index in June 2009, this one has fallen six out of seven times, so it's not been a great time to, to look for a fixed income. The main overriding issue is that we're all living longer, so insurers are factoring that into the income they will offer individuals because they've got to pay out longer. But there's also other issues such as the European new regulations relating to increased solvency, which insurers have to hold on on board, um, which they're factoring in. That comes into effect in 2012. But the short-term issues um, also are drivers, such as the instruments which are used to price annuities, the gilt yields, they've been falling as well. So someone who is approaching retirement and trying to work out what sort of income they can expect to live on, what can they actually do about this? Do they just have to accept that they're going to get less than would have been available in the past or are there certain steps that can be taken? I think things have become a lot more flexible than they were, say, 10 years ago, five years ago in terms of your options. Certainly now with the liberalisation of pension rules, you don't have to buy an annuity at the age of 75. You can go into drawdown, but you can also sort of mix and match um, or take your income in stages, such as buying short-term annuities, flexible annuities. But 
your ultimate decision will depend on your outlook and when you you need your income. Um, But what the advisors do say is to shop around because this index certainly illustrated that the costs of not um, shopping around can be quite horrendous in terms of your income because there can be up to 18% difference between the top annuity rate and the bottom annuity rate, which can amount to thousands over the lifetime of your annuity. It's such an important decision, yes, essential that you uh, investigate what's out there. I thought it was interesting that the figures from MGM showed that enhanced annuities had also fallen, as well as conventional annuities. Just for those people who might not be familiar with enhanced annuities, what, what are they and what can they offer? Enhanced annuities are special rates offered to people who have got impaired health, such as heart conditions or even diabetes, which is a fairly common condition nowadays. They're offered to people, the higher income is offered to them because of the expectations of longevity. It's reduced because of those health conditions. So that's why enhanced rates can be better. Not all providers offer enhanced rates, so it's best to shop around and see who will give you um, the chance to apply for those enhanced rates. And just finally, you mentioned that there are so many more options now because there are uh, two types of income drawdown that you can go into. But is this something that you would really recommend that listeners take advice on? Because it's quite hard to understand the rules now. Definitely. There's been so many changes to pension rules. It, it, it makes my head spin as well, too, even trying to keep track of it. Definitely, because there's so many more options available that it is worth sitting back and getting some advice about what is the best solution and option for you uh, and for your whole family. Indeed, if you've got spouses or you want to take into account how to pass on your wealth or pre- preserve your wealth for your children, that there's a whole broad range of issues which should be considered. Joe, thank you very much indeed uh, for that. And uh, if you'd like to know more about annuity rates and also how uh, a type of pension called scheme pension can potentially provide higher levels of income drawdown, make sure you read Joe's articles in the money section of the Weekend FT and on our website at ft.com forward slash money. Still to come on the show, if you can't move house, can you improve your home and add value? First, though, media shares. In a week that has seen Rupert Murdoch close the news of the world, withdraw his bid for B-Sky B and face demands that he answer questions in Parliament over allegations of criminality at News International, media shares may seem like the last investment that anyone would want to make. Investment funds that hold B-Sky B shares have been hit in recent days, with the shares down 20% this month as it became clear that Murdoch would not be pursuing a takeover of the satellite broadcaster. Popular funds, including Sanjeev Shah's Fidelity Special Situations, had large holdings in B-Sky B. However, managers say that away from the volatility that's surrounding Sky, there are plenty of other media stocks that look undervalued by the market but offer great growth potential. And many of these are ably navigating the sweeping changes being felt in the media sector thanks to the rise of the internet. Alice, all the news this week has been about one company... But looking more broadly, opportunities exist, it seems. Yeah, it seems as if they do. I mean, the funny thing is that even before any of this um, scandal happened with uh, B. Skyby and Rupert Murdoch, media stocks were already seeming a little bit out of favour because I think the big question for everyone with the media is what's going to happen with the influence of the internet. You know, we're seeing national newspaper and uh, regional newspaper sales falling. Um, People are going much more on the internet. And everyone's wondering what that will really mean for the business models of media companies. Um, I'm actually here with Chris Kinder at Threadneedle. 
Chris, you think that some are kind of navigating the tricky waters better than others? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's very fair in that there are, within the media sector, any number of different business models, some of whom are vulnerable to the development of the internet and others actually beneficiaries of it. And I think the skill, uh, as always, will be to identify those that are beneficiaries and those that aren't. So who do you think is, is managing to kind of cope with the rise of the internet better than others? Ones that we would sort of highlight as, as the better ones would be the sort of the, the media agencies, companies such as WPP and Aegis, basically because their business models allow them to be sort of platform agnostic. That they don't particularly care where the clients spend their money. So long as the money is being spent, then, then they will benefit. And also, in many ways, the, the role of the advisor, how does one spend that advertising pound, becomes ever more important as the complexity of the media landscape changes. So companies like WPP and Aegis are, are in favour on that basis. Because this is one of the big issues, isn't it? Because, you know, um, newspapers traditionally get a lot of their money from advertising in the newspapers. And hasn't one of the questions been that even if you do manage to develop a successful online offering, the question is whether you'll still be getting as much money in from the advertising on the websites as you would have gotten in the print version. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, ultimately, the, the, the amount of money available to advertisers is a function of how profitable they are and how, how the economy is performing. So the problem we've had over the last few years is that advertising budgets have broadly been contracting or at least sort of stagnating. And therefore, if you haven't been able to grow your audience share, you haven't been able to command more of that money and the pie hasn't been growing anyway. So, yeah, it, it, it has been difficult over the past past few years. Yeah. Mm. And what about away from advertising? I mean, are, are there any uh, traditional media companies that you're, you're still interested in? ITV is a, is a traditional media company that we have been looking at recently. And again, it's more around not so much because we're aware that the primary revenue driver is, is the advertising cycle, and we're not overly optimistic around that or that we think it's going to be acceptable. But it's more whether they can develop their content business, which the new management team who have taken over about a year and a half ago now have really pushed on content development. And in a way, that is a far more valuable longer-term business if you can have a content that you can monetize internationally or via the internet or, or in other forms. And, and that's probably what the, uh, the largest value driver is going to be mm-hmm. away from their traditional advertising. And do you think, I mean, in terms of these stocks generally, do you think that they are undervalued by the market? Do you think that, you know, they are being tainted by this view of media as not having much growth potential? Selectively, yes. I mean, I think one must all, you know, valuation is kind of a fluid concept. And it's all sort of in, in, in conjunction with the longer term growth prospects, because there are some businesses which you would look at and say, oh, they're cheap. Uh, but I would argue they're cheap for a reason, because there are some, as we've touched on, that are probably undermined by the internet. So, You've got to be very careful about what's the sort of a value trap and what is good value. And uh, you know, that's obviously the skill that we try and bring to the party. In terms of cheap stocks, uh, looking at B Sky B, is there a point? I mean, we've seen shares falling, obviously. I know that you have held it in your portfolios, but you don't anymore. Is there a point at which you would consider buying it? I mean, we haven't held it basically for a while, ever since the, you know, the bid speculation started. There is a point we'd look at it. We're huge admirers of, of the business model in that you know it proved to be very resilient during the crisis people really do value you know their, their sky subscription sky have been a great innovator in terms of the sky plus sky hd you know they've completely revolutionized the, the football industry so you know there's a lot of good things within sky that are to be admired one always has to question the role of of the family you know and their sort of constant strive to reinvest the profits so there's always been this idea that there's always another thing they can spend their money on which may undermine the ability to pay dividends and so on so it's a tricky one Sky, but we're supportive of the business. We're looking at it far more now that's fallen twenty percent than we were before. So, so it's it's more affordable as a result yeah. of uh, 
of all of uh, the last seven days' news. Yeah. Chris, thank you very much indeed uh, uh, for that. And for more on the media stocks to follow and the funds exposed to BSkyB and News Corporation, you can read Alice's feature in the money section of this weekend's FT and on the website at ft.com forward slash money. And finally today, house prices. New research shows that a growing number of homeowners are choosing to make improvements to their properties rather than move in an attempt to increase the saleability and value of their homes in what is a depressed housing market. According to the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors, 48% of surveyors have found that the slowing market has prompted people to carry out work on their properties rather than sell and buy a new home. But estate agents warn that not all home improvements will add value to a property, and some can cost more than the uplift in price they deliver. So, Tanya, the key question is, what can we do to our properties, if we can't, if we can't shift them or we can't, we can't sell them, to increase their value as well as creating a, a lovelier living space? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the main areas where actually um, home improvements help add value the most are those like renovations that you can do to actually add space to your house. So things like a side return kitchen extension or a general extension or even a loft conversion. Um, and that's because they actually obviously increase the square footage of your property. Often they will add another bedroom, which again, uh, you know, increases your value substantially. We had Savos kind of provide some like rough estimates of actually, you know, what it would take to what, what cost it would be to actually um, do these home improvements and then actually what value it would add. And for a like a side return kitchen extension or a general extension, it would cost between around 30000 to 50000 And actually, when it comes to sale, you would add about 60000 to £75,000 to the value of your home. So actually, you are seeing that uplift. I mean, obviously, you've got to take away the cost that you paid for that home improvement. Similarly, with a sort of loft conversion, you'd again add, it costs probably the same amount, and then you'd add about sixty pounds to £70,000 onto it. So the cost of actually building more space is less than the cost of buying more space at the moment. Yes, which is obviously one of the main reasons why you'd go down that route rather than kind of maybe basically add a add a kitchen or bathroom. They don't tend to add as much value. They still add some value, but more like a couple of grand over the cost of actually making that improvement. Down to the sort of the square footage. Now, there must be some things, though, that people do to their properties in the hope that it will add value, but it just doesn't. What, what sort of things? Yeah, um, actually, a swimming pool. I always thought probably a swimming pool would add value to your home because you kind of think, well, actually, you know, that's something that a lot of people would be like, oh, that's quite nice to have in my house. But actually, it tends to cost around £50,000 as a rough estimate to build a swimming pool in your garden. And actually, it would only add about sort of, you know, between up to 2% onto your property price. I mean, that's if we're looking at a kind of, you know, townhouse in a city somewhere. I guess you've got to stress the point that actually maybe in a country house, which has a lot more room, a swimming pool would add value to the property. So that's what you've got to kind of really sort of look actually at your local market, what type of size property you have, what the location is, to actually assess whether these things are going to add value. Because um, it can vary significantly between like London, you know, the regional locations and, you know, country mansions. So I suppose the other thing with swimming pools is that, is that you eat up a lot, a lot of space, coming back to your earlier point about space being yeah. the, you know, at a premium, and you get to use it only two days a year, presumably, yeah. in, the, in this country. So my next question is, what about hot tubs then? Because in theory, you could use them all year round. That's true. And I actually have a neighbour who has built a hot tub on their roof terrace, and actually they add little value as well. Oh, really? um, a lot of people will probably actually look at that and be like, no I find that a bit tacky, I want to rip it out. So they don't really appeal to mass buyers that are going to be looking at your property. 
Right, so cancel my order for hot tub uh, <laughs> immediately. Just finally, I mean, a lot of this home improvement work has been prompted by the fact that the market just isn't moving. I mean, how, how, how much slower is the housing market now compared with, say, the peak? We're kind of running actually at half the levels of sort of 2007. So it's been, that's been a case for the last three years, really. We haven't really seen any massive improvement. You know, not many people are actually able to move home because of, you know, tighter mortgage availability. You know, we've had house prices falling over the last few years. So actually a lot of people have less equity in their homes to be able to upgrade and move home. So that's obviously why most people are having to now look at actually improving. And they're hoping that actually by improving, they're going to add value to their property and actually maybe offset some of the losses that they would have gained by those falling house prices. That's a good point. It, it can help cushion mm-hmm. a, a fall as much as deliver an uplift. Yeah. Tanya, thank you very much indeed for explaining the ins and outs of all of these improvements. And if you'd like more details uh, about them and how much value they can potentially add, we have a feature from Tanya, but also a graphic showing the cost and the price uplift of several of these improvements. Look out for that in this weekend's FT Money section. But that's all we have time for uh, for the FT Money show. Remember that you'll find all of these stories plus daily news updates, blog posts and top tips on our website, which is ft.com forward slash money. You can also follow our tweets at twitter.com forward slash ft money and if you've got a question you'd like us to answer about any aspect of your finances just email us at the usual address money at ft.com next week we'll bring you another financial lowdown in downloadable form but until then it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from tanya alice joe and our special guest chris kinder of threadneedle goodbye Goodbye. for more downloads go to ft.com forward slash podcasts Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.